Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. and I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east uh, to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I want to talk this morning from the thought, God's purposes still matter. God's purposes still matters. Amen. Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, for this preaching opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that... Uh, yes, Lord. Yes, when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. God's purposes still matter. Amen. Amen. We're in the Advent season. Amen. Of the church. This is the season that should cause us to think seriously about the coming, the first coming and the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If there's well, any time and definitely every time a year, our minds as believers are focused on Christ. But if there was any time of the year that we should, that there should be a total focus on Christ and God's purpose for sending Christ into this world, it should be this time should be this time of year. Uh, this is the time designated by the church as the uh, celebration of the coming of Christ and the birth of Christ. We know that Jesus was not born on December 25th, uh, but it's the time that was designated by the church uh, in, in the history of the church years ago to celebrate uh, the coming of Christ and the birth of Christ. But God's purpose in Christ Jesus was not was not for us to have a day to celebrate, okay? It was not even about giving gifts, all right? And, you know, you might say, well, 
here Bishop goes again, but yeah, here I go again. Christmas is not about what we've made it. Uh, the wise men here who gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh were given gifts because it was their custom to give gifts to royalty and to the one designated to be the ruling monarch. And, you know, when I read this this morning, again, I read, and they opened their treasures. They opened it. They didn't just go and give anything, but they gave expensive gifts uh, to to the Messiah. And they had been expecting the Messiah. Yeah, these these magi were wise men um, who studied the stars and studied the times and seasons. They uh, and they they were expecting the Messiah to come. All right, uh, and 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 they they were looking for this star. That's why they said we've seen his star. They didn't just see any star, but they knew. They had an idea. They had, well, I'll say, the revelation of God, amen, of this star. We've seen a star in the east, and we have come to worship him. They said when they, when they, when they got to Herod, they asked the question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him, okay? Um, now, now, that was not to set an example for believers to commercialize the day of Christmas by purchasing and giving gifts to one another. Uh, the, we, people made it that, you know, uh, but that, it was not to be commercialized, uh, you know, and, and the world has made it commercialized. Amen. It used to be after some weeks after Thanksgiving, people would start decorating for Christmas. Then they got right at Thanksgiving, people started decorating for Christmas. Now it's a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, uh, right after Halloween, you know, and, and we have to see the commercialization of what's happening in the world around us because it's really not about, from the world's perspective, not about glorifying God or Christ and focusing on God or Christ. And we have to, as believers, we have to see this. And somehow or another, and this, this takes much prayer because the world has so much influence on us, and they'll reach our children uh, because our children are uh, connected with other children, and they see what other children do, and then they, they want to do what other children do. And when they can't do what other children do, they feel like they're being neglected or their parents are being mean or what have you. But we have to somehow another start at an early age teaching our children that we are a peculiar people. Yeah, we're not like the world, amen, nor do we, do we adopt the, the habits. And, the, and, the, and I know it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult, you know. Uh, you know but anyhow, uh, the gifts that, the, that these magi gave when they came to, to, to see Christ uh, was not to set an example for us uh, to commercialize the day by purchasing and giving gifts to each other. Remember, they gave gifts to Christ. Yeah, they gave Christmas gifts to Christ. Christmas actually means Christ Mass. Mass. Mass is the religious service of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which has been, uh, which has as essential act uh, the performance of the sacraments, the sacrament of the Eucharist, a Holy Communion. All right, a Holy Communion. The term Mass literally comes from the word, a Latin word, which means dismissed. All right, uh, probably derived from the practice of 
dismissing those who had confessed faith in Christ but not, not yet gone, finished their catechisms and been, been baptized, all right, uh, dismissing those before the mystery of the Eucharist, uh, uh, before the offertory of the Word or whatever. But even when you study that, they were dismissed for a purpose. And it could also could reflect on um, at the end of worship, you are being dismissed uh, spoken to the faithful at the end of Mass, dismissed for what purpose? Dismissed to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel. Amen? Like after communion, we say, and we, I grew up hearing this. My pastor said this every Sunday uh, at the end of worship. We, they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. We can't go there, but we can go out into the hedges and highways and proclaim, uh, compel men and women to come unto the Lord. Amen? Um, not many of us are trying to compel people to come to the Lord. Amen. We were, we were in our evangelism training yesterday. We talked from Jude 23. What, what Jude says is some, you got to save some. You got to be patient with some, but some you got to snatch from the fire. You know, and, and we don't we don't want to deal with that snatching too much, amen. And I asked the example of what does snatch mean, you know, because, you, you know, you think of uh, when we grew up, we had a wood fire. You know, I grew up poor. I grew up in the country, so we had a stove. We didn't have, we didn't have central heating and air, you know, but we made a fire. Daddy made a fire every morning before he went to work. But, but you see a child about to touch the stove, and you snatch the child back, you know. Brother Kenton said, well, Kingston, I, I had to do that this week because Kingston was about to touch the and I snatched him. You know, get that image. I mean, this is, this, is, this is just how serious this thing is. Saints, people, parents, your children are on their way to hell, and you are allowing them to go, not even trying to snatch them because you don't want them mad at you. Let them be mad at you, but snatch them if you can. Because when they get mad at you, amen, the Holy Ghost can take that anger and eventually turn it into, into compassion and joy. My mama loved me enough to tell me the truth. My daddy loved me enough to tell me the truth. Yeah, yeah. so we, we're, Christmas is about that, going, amen, it's about worshiping the Lord, but it's more than worship, amen, it's about going after worship and, and, and into the hedges and the highways and compelling men and women to come unto the Lord that they might be saved. Amen, 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 amen. If, if there was a time that should push us to all-out evangelism, it should be this time of the year. Amen. I'll never know, we just finished singing, how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. But you know, when I get the revelation of what Jesus did for me, it was not just to save me so that I can go to heaven, but it was to save me so that I can participate with him in what he's doing in the world so that someone else can be saved. Yeah. yeah. If the church today could get this revelation, and we know it, you know, because we hear it all of the time, but, but, but doing it is a different thing. And I, do you ever wonder or do you believe that you're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and the Lord is going to look at your works and what you've done? He's not talking about how much you sang. 
He's not even talking to me about how much I preach on Sunday. I share with you over and over again that the work of ministry is winning souls, making disciples so that they can make other disciples, and we continue the process. Amen. Yes, we worship, but what should our worship do? Our worship should motivate us. When we leave here on Sunday or when you get up in the morning and you read your devotionals or when you, whenever you worship, it should motivate you to participate with the Lord in what he's doing in the world. Saving souls, making disciples. We are the body of Christ. He's our head. Amen. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if, if the church could get this, it would be earth-shattering. It would be revolutionary. It was, it was like this at one time. You remember in the book of Acts, the Bible says, they said of them that they turned the world, what? Upside down. I mean, these, these people were on fire for Jesus. Amen. They were on fire for Jesus. And, and everywhere they went, they were telling you they were being persecuted. Yes, you know, we've gotten to the point today that when trouble comes in our lives, we retreat. We go into a shell we get depressed, we start crying, we say, Lord, why me? But when the early church were persecuted, the more they pressed them, the more they persecuted them, they spread further into the world and spread the gospel. What a testimony it would be if folk on your job knew you were going through and you walked in your job with a smile every morning on your face. They knew you were having problems. They knew you were being attacked. And folk on your job were lying on you and, 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 and talking about you. But every time they saw you, they saw you with a smile on your face. What a testimony that would be to Because somebody would ask you, why are you so happy? <laughs> somebody would because folk know what's going on, you know. They would ask you, why do you have a smile on your face? They don't see you cussing. They don't hear you cussing. They don't hear you talking about people. They don't hear you ready to draw back and fight fire with fire. Mm. Yeah. So you and I, we're called to be revolutionaries. Amen. We are. We are, to, we are called to be revolutionaries. We, we, we are to be about this business of turning York, South Carolina upside down. York County, Mecklenburg County, Gaston County, Fairfield County, Lancaster County, turning the world upside down, upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we don't think that way. We don't think that way. You know, we, we, we think more of getting along with people and, you know, going along with, with the flow of society. And that's why the church becomes ineffective because there are few people who think like revolutionaries. Amen. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about going out on your job, you speaking in tongues, and you prophesying. You can't do your work for speaking in tongues and wanting to lay hands on people. Now you got fired because you say you were doing the work of the Lord. No, that ain't what I'm talking about because the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Amen. The Holy Ghost knows how to act. Amen. Amen. He knows. He knows to act. Amen. In a way that glorifies God. Some of us don't know how to act. You know, we think we feel with the Holy Ghost and now we're ready to go out and we're ready to cast out every demon we see. 
We'll go in the boss's office ready to cast out that demon out of the boss. You know, the Lord ain't sending you in that office because you need that job to pay your bills because you can't be coming to the church asking the church to pay your bills. Amen. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, so, so what, what was God's purpose for the birth of the Savior? What was he doing when he took on the, what was he doing in Christ when Christ took on the form of a man and came into this world through the womb of the woman, the virgin, Mary? Amen. What was he doing? Amen. Uh, we, well, thanks to over 2,000 years of Christian experience, most everyone, when we think about what God was doing in Christ, amen, but we only think about him in one context, and that is that he takes away the sins of the world, John chapter 1, verse 29. Amen. And yes, he did that, of course. Amen. Uh, yeah, we can never take that away from the ministry of Christ. It was because of him. It was because of his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary that you and I are saved today. He gave his life. Yes, he did. Amen. To satisfy divine justice. I, I, I hope that all of us have gotten this. Amen. And if you d didn't get it, get it now. Jesus gave his life on the cross to satisfy divine justice. What do you mean? I mean, amen, that God's law says the soul that sins shall surely die. He didn't say the soul that sinned might surely die. He said the soul that sinned shall surely die. How many of us have sinned? So every one of us, according to God's law, deserve death for our sin. But what God did in Jesus, amen, the, his righteous son, amen, who had no human DNA. So then that means that Adam's sin was not passed into Jesus, amen, and Joseph and Mary did not have sexual relations for her to get pregnant with Jesus, amen. Mary was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. So a holy seed was implanted in Mary with no human DNA. You and I are born in sin. We're shaped in iniquity. Human DNA was passed down to us through Adam, from Adam. That's why I can die and say I'm dying for my child, but my death for my child won't save him. Only Jesus. Amen. So Jesus Christ God sent Jesus not simply to be born, but to die, amen, so that he could become the sacrifice for your sins and mine. He satisfied divine justice on our behalf. Other than Jesus, you will die and go to hell. And anybody who does not believe in Jesus, I don't care what faith or religion they're part of, and I don't care how good they are in their religion, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh to the Father except he come by me. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That name is Jesus. Amen. So, so yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So everybody in this world is saying we deserve death for our sins. Amen. That's God's law. That's a law that cannot be changed. You can't change God's law. Nobody can change God's law. I don't care how 
You know, and the, the issue with this is people get angry with God. There are a lot of people in this world today who are really angry with God. Amen. When they hear Christians preach like this, they get angry because they say, well, there has to be another way. But there is no other way. They say, what about all of these other people in the world? Only Christians are going to heaven. Yes. Only those who trust in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. Be they Jew or Gentile. There are Jews who are going to hell. There are Jews who have never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord in hell, they will lift up their eyes. It has nothing to do with hate speech. It has everything to do with the law of God that cannot be changed. But God made a provision. That provision is the shed blood of Christ on Calvary. And all of us, whether we be Jew or Gentile, who trust in the finished work of Christ on Calvary and accept him as our Savior, we shall be saved. Yes, yes, yes. Christ was that sacrificial lamb. His death purchased the provision of peace and reconciliation for us. We ought to shout hallelujah for that. God was at work in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we are yet or were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His priestly role, amen, is displayed in that sacrificial offering. He is our great high priest, amen. That was a great part of God's purpose for sending Jesus into the world, and that still matters. That hasn't changed. I don't care what law of what land changes, this still stands. Because no human law, listen now, no government in this world can pass a law that supersedes God's law. No. And we don't have to fight with anybody. We don't have to fall out with anybody. Because in the end, God's law prevails. And in the end, God's standards prevail. So we don't have to fight. We don't have to fight with anybody. I had somebody get mad at me a long time ago, long, long time ago. We just couldn't reconcile. We, and I tried to share the gospel, and the person just got angry. I just left it alone. As far as trying to talk to the person, and constantly I pray for the person, that they will come to the knowledge of the truth because there's an end coming. And I want that person to be in heaven with me. But if that person chooses to persist in what they're doing and the way they're living, they may not make it into heaven. There's an end coming. It is a point under man what? Wants to die and what? After death, the judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So we, that, that is critical for us to understand. But there's another aspect of this that we need to understand that's very important. Another, an, a, another overlooked but very important role that Christ fulfills uh, when he comes into the world. Amen? Uh, and that is repeatedly emphasized in the Gospels. And, and that is being a ruling king. Being a ruling king. He is a savior. He died for our sins, but he's a ruling king. Amen? He is our savior, but he's also our king. 
Amen? And not just our king, but, but, but will become the king of the kingdoms of this world. Amen. He will become the king of all the kingdoms of this world. Now, now you got to think beyond the United States of America. And you got to think Afghanistan and Pakistan and Uzbekistan and Russia and China and, 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 and North Korea and South Korea and, 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 and Sudan and South Sudan and Liberia and, 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 and Mozambique and, and Malawi. He will become the king of all the kingdoms of this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the angel Gabriel came to visit Mary with the message from God, uh, he told her that she would conceive a child, and he said, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Amen. Now, that's a prophetic word. Amen. The reestablishment of the Davidic throne and all that's represented in, in that. Amen. And so, and so he's going to usher in the prophesied period of restored greatness in a new kingdom. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, for unto us a child is born. Amen. Unto us a son is given. Amen. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When I was writing this, I stopped for a moment, and I, amen, because I got a check in my spirit, and I said, my God, if you need a counselor today, I said, if you need a counselor today, Jesus Christ is a counselor par excellence. Amen. He, amen. he is the most excellent counselor in the world. Amen. People are going here and there, and they're looking for counsel. They're going to their friends and their loved ones, and they're looking for counsel. You need to look to Jesus. Can somebody say, look to Jesus? Hallelujah. Yeah, he's the prince of peace. You got confusion in your life. Can't sleep at night. Turmoil all around you. You need Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the prince of peace. It'll give you peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom, hallelujah, and understanding. The Lord understands what you're going through. You may not understand. Nobody else may understand, but the Lord understands what you're going through. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and the kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, that which uh, shall not be destroyed. Amen. He's the king of the kingdoms of the world. Yes, the Jews were expecting uh, the Messiah. Amen. They were expecting the king to come. In the birth of Christ, the Messiah came. 
the king came. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, amen, just before his crucifixion, Matthew cites an Old Testament prophecy of Zechariah. And from in Matthew chapter 21, verses 4 and 5, he says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. So throughout the Gospels, throughout the Gospel, Jesus was continually called king. And then he was examined to, as to whether or not he claimed to be king. Amen? In Matthew chapter 26, Amen. When he was before the high priest, being tried by them in a mock trial, the high priest asked him, I put you under oath, he says, by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Now, he wasn't asking about Jesus' divinity. Remember, he wanted Jesus to say that he was the Messiah, quote-unquote, the king, so that they would have a reason to put him to death. That's why when Pilate... I think Pilate tried to, he said, I find no fault in this man. You got some fault according to your, your laws, but I don't find any fault in this man. In John chapter 18, verse 33, Pilate entered the praetorium, and he called Jesus, and he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Mm. And then, fast forward, and I can't tell it all this morning. I wish I could. I won't try today. Amen. The, the Roman soldier, remember when Jesus was, was preparing to be crucified, the Roman soldiers, they, they, they shamefully put a crown of thorns on his head. Yeah, yeah. And the sign over Jesus at the top of Jesus' cross was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. The whole context of Jesus' crucifixion uh, from the Roman and the Jewish perspective, was about his claiming to be a king of Israel, not the savior of mankind. And again, at the birth of Christ, let's go back there, the Jews already had a king named Herod. Amen? He ruled as a vassal king under the Roman authorities, but he was a king nevertheless. Yet when the wise men came, when they came, when those magi came seeking Christ, they asked a question to Herod. Where is he that is born to be king of the Jews? For we have seen this star in the east and have come to worship him. So what does all of this have to do with us? Well, if God's purpose for sending Christ into this world was to, be, was to fulfill his promise of a king to sit on the throne of David, God did just what he said. He did. Now, now, let me take a side note. Uh, just sidetrack, just a little bit. If prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus' coming, that proves God to be God. Scripture to be true. Every prophecy that God gave is true. So what the Word says about God and about judgment is true. You don't want to be on the wrong side. This world and the things of this world are not so important that you end up on the wrong side at the end. And guess what? You don't know when the end is going to be. 
You remember Lazarus and Davies? Lazarus was hungry. He just wanted the crumbs that fell from his table. And he wouldn't give it to Lazarus died. The Bible says what to be in Abraham's bosom. <clears throat> Davies died. Went to hell. I'll say it like that to make it short. And in hell, it was hot. He was thirsty. He was scorching. And he said, let him bring just a drop of water and put it on my tongue. He saw Lazarus over on the other side. And the Lord said, there's a great gulf fixed. You can't crawl from one side to the other. And then I read that scripture. And I keep saying, Lord, are you saying that folk in hell are going to be able to see people in paradise? You're talking about torment. You're talking about torment. That's worse than you being hungry and me standing here eating ice cream and apple pie. Are you understanding me? That's worse than you being hungry and I got a whole plate of fried chicken. And I know we like fried chicken in front of me and I'm eating and enjoying it and you can't get to me to get some fried chicken. That's worse. And then David says, I've got some brothers at home. Let him go back and tell them this is a terrible place. Don't come to this place. I'm, I'm reading this and I'm saying, Lord, Lord, I remember I can't remember the lady's name. I thought I'd never forget her name. I can see her face. She said, baby, there's nothing in hell for me. I went to visit her one day. I was, I was, that's when we were at Fishing Creek. Uh, and she said, baby, ain't nothing in hell for me. She said, when I was a child, my mama had liniment. And I took that, y'all don't know, young people, you don't know what liniment is. <laughs> I tell you, it pays to be old sometimes. <laughs> Glory to the name of Jesus. She said, she said, I took that liniment and I rubbed it all over my body. Liniment is, is something that's used for pains and aches and whatever, but liniment will burn you. She said, baby, I took that liniment. She might have called me pastor, but she was old enough. You know, some of those old ladies, they didn't love that pastor. They, she might have called me baby. She might have called me pastor. She said, I rubbed that liniment all over my body. And she said, pastor, I was burning. She said, I was hot. And, I, and, and, and there's nothing I could do. And I said, mama, I said, mama, uh, it, it's hell hotter than this. Said, and my mama Mama said, baby, hell is hotter than that. She said, Pastor, ain't nothing in hell for me. Whoa, I remember that and said, God, thank you. Ain't nothing in hell for me. Amen. I lost anything in hell and I'm not trying to find it. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for Jesus and I thank God for him dying on the cross for my sins. I thank God that I'm justified by my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God that I have the first fruit of eternal life right now. If I die today, I'm going to lift up my eyes in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't die and go to hell. God sent Christ to be the king of your life. Amen. And he is the king. He is king. Gee, he may not be the king of your life today. I pray that he is, but Jesus is king. Amen. He is the conquering king. 
Paul declared about Jesus' kingly power and authority in the book of Colossians chapter 2. Amen. He said about Jesus that, and this is only what a king can do. The president can't even do this. Amen. Only a king can do this. He said that he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. There were ordinances that was against us. The law was contrary to us, against us. Jesus wiped it out. He took it away. He nailed it to the cross. But he did something else. The Bible says, the King James says, he spoiled principalities and powers. What does that mean? That means that Jesus disarmed all principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Every time you say, the devil did this and the devil did that, you got to remember, you should remember that Jesus has already disarmed him. My God, my God, do you get a revelation of that? The devil come to your house. The devil intended to destroy your marriage, but Jesus has already disarmed him. My God, my God, my God. So all he has is a roar. All he has is a noise. Amen. But, he, but he's been disarmed. But you know who has power. Amen. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be endued with power. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You've got more power than the devil. Jesus has already disarmed him. Ooh. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. As king, he has conquered our enemies. Satan. Not only has he conquered Satan. Let me tell you, anybody that's afraid of death, Jesus has conquered death. It is appointed on the man who wants to die. Paul said he took the sting out of death. So if I die, it's okay. Because I can't inherit eternal life unless I die. And I want to inherit eternal life. Yeah, I want to live to be 100, but after I get to be 100, you know, then, you know, if the Lord give me 110 or 120, I'll take that too. But when it's over, I want to inherit eternal life. Are you understanding me? Ooh, try not to worry about death. Amen. I settled that a long time ago. You know, in my walks, I'll tell you about my walks, you know, when I was in college, I just all this walk. I settled that a long time ago with the Lord. I'm not worried about dying. Mm, no, 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 no. Oh, I hope you're not worried about dying. If you're worried about dying, you know, your focus is in the wrong place. Use that focus to share Jesus with somebody. Amen. Because you're going to die one day. You just don't know when. Now live. 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 I shared with that young man in DR. He, was, he called me. His mother had cancer, terminal cancer. This was, this was years ago. And the doctor said she was going to die. Well, when I was there in July, I went to see the lady. She's still here. You hear me say, live. Somebody say, live. Are you understanding me? If you put your focus on death, you'll forget to live. I said to him, the life that your mama has, enjoy her while she is here. If you think about dying, you will not enjoy her. Are you understanding me? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let me go ahead and finish this. Where am I? 1034. Praise the name of Jesus. See, I'm watching my clock. I don't pay attention to it all the time, but I'm watching it. Hallelujah. Now, now as king, as king, as king, somebody says king. Jesus 
deserves our worship. Jesus deserves our respect. Jesus deserves our adoration. Jesus deserves our reverence. Jesus deserves our honor. Jesus deserves our submission because he is the king of his kingdom. So when the, when the, when the Magi came to see him, they worshiped him. They worshiped him. Yes, he was a baby at that time. He's not a baby anymore. Amen. He's not sweet little Jesus boy anymore. Yeah, he is a crucified and resurrected Lord. He is a king of glory. He's a king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He reigns supreme and he reigns alone. Hallelujah. His kingdom is his rulership and his dominion in the hearts and the lives of people today. So everywhere there's a believer who submits to Jesus, that's where his kingdom is. But there's a kingdom that is to come. There's a kingdom that is to come. Hallelujah. Yes, there's a kingdom that is to come. The Lord is not finished yet. I said he's going to reign as kingdom, as king of all the kingdoms of this world. He's coming back again, and he's going to cast Satan and his demons into that lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Amen. And he's going to rule the nations of the world from Jerusalem on the restored throne of David. Amen. Amen. He's going to rule. He's going to rule. Revelations uh, eleven fifteen in the new Jerusalem. Amen. Revelations eleven fifteen says, and the seventh angel sounded and there was great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of our Christ, and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let me back up a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's no way you can run. We used to sing this song that says, when you're running, son, you can't hide. Oh, yeah. That's the song the Lord got me on one day. I was walking down... Uh, whatever that street was by my dorm, and I was singing that song, because I love to sing that song. I would sing it this morning, but y'all, most of y'all can't. I ain't got too much help this morning, so I won't, I won't sing that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And I was singing that song, and I, and I love to sing that song. I was singing that song, and the Holy Ghost said, you're the sinner. Where you running? You can't hide. Now, I was going to church, because I faithfully went to church. Amen. I would go to the club on Saturday, but I'd be in church on Sunday morning. I'd do what I did, but I would be in church on Sunday morning. That was not a time that I would miss worship because I love the church. Y'all hear me talk about that. I love thy kingdom, Lord. Amen. The house of thine abode, the church the blessed redeemer saved with his own precious blood. I love the church. So I wouldn't miss church. I quit a job one time. Let me tell y'all something about working in church and worship. That man wouldn't let me switch with somebody. I was working second shift, and I wanted to go to, go to revival meeting. Now, of course, I didn't have a family now. Let me put this, let me put this on here. I was in college. I, 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 you know, I had bills, but not those kind of, not, not a mortgage and buying pampers and stuff like that. So hear me now. Hear me now. But I, I asked my supervisors, and I'd already talked with this guy, Amen. And I wanted to go to revival meeting, and he said he would switch with me. And I asked my supervisor. He said, no, I can't allow that. I said, okay. This time I didn't call daddy. First time I called daddy, 
when I wanted to quit. I was respectful. This time I was a little older. I quit that job so that I could be in worship. I quit that job so that I could be in worship. But worship is critical. Worship is vital for me. It may not be vital for you, but it's vital for me. When I think about the goodness of Jesus, when I think about it, he deserves my respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, I know, I know we can worship at home. I know we have our private time of worship, but the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembly of the saints as is the manner of some. And I keep telling folk, listen, the Constitution of the United States has already, the law says that you have your day of worship. Now, that might take some, some, some focus and some doing, but other people go to worship. They take that day, and Christians will go to work and say, I can't get off. I ain't talking about nobody. Please don't be offended. I need to just say this, you know, because you know, cause you know Amen. I ain't talking about you. That's somebody else. Yeah, so, so for me, I quit that job because I wanted to be in worship. Thank God I got a job now I can be in worship every Sunday. Hallelujah. Well, I'm preaching or not preaching, I'm going to be in worship. Amen. Amen. I told you about that time. I got to go on and finish this. Amen. I, was, I went to see my, my girlfriend. That was before I was dating my wife. I was in college. Way down in Hemingway, South Carolina. I don't know if y'all know where Hemingway is. Way down y'all know where. As some people say, you couldn't hear nobody pray. But it was watch night service, and I was going to be in watch night that night. I had to drive two hours to get back to Columbia to be in WhatsApp, but I was going home. So I had another 30 minutes. My car breaks down. I said, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do? There was no cell phones during that day and time. I didn't have a flashlight. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Amen. I didn't have a flashlight. Amen. I didn't have a cell phone. It was dark. It was dark. It was pitch black in the country. So, Lord, what am I going to do? And I finally went to this man's house and knocked on the door. I was scared because I don't like dogs. I got bit by a dog one time. I'm afraid of dogs. So don't worry about me loving dogs and having dogs at my house and never have a dog at my house. I knocked on the door, and they opened the door and let me, let me use the phone. And I got a record that told me back to somewhere. 12 o'clock came. I was not in worship. But wherever I was, I was able to get to a, a payphone so that 12 o'clock when the, when the saints were praying, now you might call this religious, but I had to be in worship. I got on the phone and called a friend of mine. I said, I can't make it to worship, but let's pray together. I believe that when the year turns over, I need to be in prayer. Worship is important. Worship is important. Amen. How I got to all of that. Amen. I hope that helped you out a long time ago. <laughs> helped you out a little bit. Amen. Amen. But, 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 but the Lord deserves our worship. I'm okay. I'm okay. Praise the Lord. I ain't going to drink it no way. Amen. I'm okay. 
I'm okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't ever worry about me drinking water while I'm preaching. I don't drink water when I'm preaching. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I appreciate it. That's just a distraction. Hallelujah. Amen. So Christ is going to rule the nations. Now, you got to get this. Amen. I started by saying that where you're going to run, you can't hide. Because if he's going to rule the nations, you can't run to Africa and hide. You can't run to Europe and hide. You can't run to the United States and hide. There's nowhere to hide because Jesus is going to be ruler of the nations. Revelation 19.11 says, I saw heaven open. And behold, a white throne, and he that sat upon, upon uh, the throne, he was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth, make, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had the name written that no man knew but himself. Amen. It skips on down and says, Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I'll tell you, God's purpose for sending Christ Jesus into this world still matters. I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care what the world does. Let's stop getting this mixed up. Let's stop covering it over with worldly cares and worldly things, God's purposes. Let's stop making excuses. Amen. This world is passing away and the cares thereof. God's purpose is going to stand. God's purpose of sending a Savior and a king still matters. Don't forsake Jesus. Don't neglect Jesus. Don't relegate him to an unimportant role in your life. You just need him when you're in trouble. Get on fire for the Lord. It's time for the church to rise up and proclaim to a lost, a confused and a dying generation of people that Jesus Christ is still Lord, that he's still king, that he's still savior. To proclaim to the lost, dying, confused world that Jesus is the answer that we've been searching for. Time for us to proclaim to the world that Jesus still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. He still restores. God is still at work in Jesus Christ. Let's rise up, saints. Let's declare Jesus to the world. That's what this season is all about. Let's rise up. Not just one or two of us. Not just five or six of us. Let's be this army of people that rises up who understand God's purposes sending Christ into the world. And here the Lord says, my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Here the Lord said, go and make disciples of all nations in your household. Make disciples. That's the literature that we have that I'm going to teach the whole church. You can use it 
with your children, if you have little children or your grandchildren, if you have access to them, how to lead them to Christ, how to make them disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. This thing has to change. Our children need to be so on fire that when they turn 18 and 19, they don't walk away from the Lord. They walk closer to the Lord. They don't look for an excuse not to go to church. They understand that they are the church and they're going to be in the fellowship of believers. We got to turn this thing around and the Lord has given us the authority and the power to do so. But it starts with us being on fire for Jesus. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. God, we give you praise now. Glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if there's anybody here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. We want to give you that opportunity to do so now. And if you're watching us online, we want to give you that opportunity as well to make that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came. It has to become personal. Yes, he, God sent him because God loved the world, but you are part of this world. So God loved you. Jesus came for you. Jesus gave his life on the cross to satisfy divine justice so that you could be saved. It becomes personal. It's for all of us. And I want to ask you today, I want you to hear me speaking directly to you today. If you're online, I'm speaking to you. If you're watching me, if you are not saved, Will you accept Jesus, the sacrifice he made for you? Will you accept him as your Lord and your Savior so that you can be saved and be a part of what the Lord is doing in this world today? And if you at one time had given your life to the Lord, but you, you straight away, you fell back, you need to rededicate your life so that you can be a part of what God is doing today in Christ. You can do that right now. I want to ask you, will you rededicate your life to the Lord? Because you are part of God's plan. You have a responsibility. Even if you fell away, at one point, you knew the Lord. You were committed to the Lord. And if you fell away, you need to come back so you can get back into fulfilling God's purpose for your life. Because that purpose has not changed and that purpose has not gone away. It's still there for you to fulfill, to be a part of. You got to say yes to the Lord. God, I give myself to you. I rededicate my life to you so that I can fulfill your purpose in me, in my sphere of influence, because he's given you influence. Whether it's in your home or on your job or with your friends, 
the Lord has given you influence. And he wants you to use that influence to lead other people to know him. And he wants you to use your influence to disciple others so that they learn to disciple others. Now, how are you going to do that? If you're outside of the will of the Lord, come back into the will of the Lord. Rededicate your life. Sit under the teaching. Get equipped to do what God has called you to do. There's no excuse. There is no excuse you can give as to why you're not doing what the Lord has called you to do. There's no excuse. You can't make one. No excuse. So today, I'm going to pray with you. If you're in the sanctuary, you want to give your life to the Lord, rededicate your life to the Lord. I'm going to give you that opportunity to do so during this prayer. And then if there is anyone who, who needs a church home and the Spirit of the Lord has, has led you here, even if you're watching us online and you want to connect with this ministry, you can, the information is probably posted on the screen right now while I'm speaking as to how you can contact us so that we can get back in contact with you and follow up with you. Let's pray. If you need salvation, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You satisfied God's righteous law on my behalf. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Save me from my sin. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I yield my life to you today. I thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.